If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru podcast. I'm your host, Shane Larson. This week, we have an amazing guest on the show. He's a friend of mine from back in high school. He played ball with me at Meridian High School, a few years younger than I, but then once he graduated, he went right into the coaching realm. You're going to want to hear about this story because he was a young coach, but you're going to hear about the grind, the grit, the determination to get into the coaching game at such a young age and what he had to go through to get where he's at now. He's the head basketball coach for the girls varsity program and just took home the 5A coach of the year for girls basketball award um, after taking his team to the state tournament. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm, I'm excited for you guys to hear this interview, seriously. So before we get started, though, um, with our guest in this interview, I want you guys to remember one thing. Make sure you are subscribing to the show, whatever device you're listening to this on, whether it's an iPhone, Android, uh, if you're on a Windows phone or a Kindle, whatever it is, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Uh, the podcast app is awesome for iPhones and iPads, um, any kind of, you know, Mac, whatever. The podcast app is awesome. Uh, make sure to check that out. Hit the subscribe button. Google Play Music for an Android phone. Easy. Hit the subscribe button. Spotify, YouTube, any podcast platform. If you subscribe to the show, though, you can listen to any of the the, the, the prior episodes that we've had and the future ones coming out. It'll notify you when you have a new episode. So check those out. We have them every Friday. We're bringing on new guests, talking about new topics. And uh, like I said in the introduction, guys, this week we have a coach. Um, it's Co- Coach Matt Creech. And uh, you're going to love his story. I'm excited. As I was interviewing him, I was actually smiling while he was talking because he was telling stories about his his coaching career, stuff that I didn't know about, but I could sense like the emotion and, and the feelings and stuff. I started feeling like I was him for a second, like, oh man, how would I feel if this happened to me? And, and how would I feel if I would had this pressure or if I wasn't getting paid or whatever? Like he has these stories that you're going to want to, you're going to want to listen to because, uh, they're extremely unique. But if you're a young coach, you're an aspiring coach, you want to, you want to get up to the next level. His story is one you definitely want to listen to because it's one that it's, it's a realistic viewpoint of what the coaching world looks like. And, um, he's seen so much success at such a young age, uh, because of the hard work he has put in. So you definitely want to listen up. I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Matt Creech. What's up, everybody? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru Podcast. As you heard in the introduction, I've got an amazing guest on the show today. It's a guy I actually played ball with back in high school. We're talking like 12, 13 years ago. Uh, and now he's taken his skill set as a player into the coaching realm and is actually coming off of an amazing season as a coach for the Meridian Girls Basketball Program, was just named the Coach of the Year for the 5A Southern Idaho Conference. So it's Mr. Matt Creech. Matt, thanks for uh, joining the show with me today. I appreciate you having me on, Shane. Absolutely, man. I've been trying to land Matt for a long time uh, because I've been following his journey for, for a while. Just because I've, I kind of played with him a little bit. Like in, in high school, we played ball together. He was a few years younger than me, but I still kind of watched him play. And then as he started coaching, going through the realms, I, I just wanted to get him on here. So, Matt, I'm excited to have you. I uh, want to kind of take take a couple steps back to the days of playing, though, because um, it kind of – this is something that I always think that's crazy about coaches is like – 
some people think that like the great players, like everybody thinks that a great player is always going to make a great coach. And that's not necessarily the case because coaching is a completely different skill set in and of itself. But you're one of those guys who was able to play and coach uh, and do so very well. So let's talk about your playing days first, though, um, back in high school and kind of what you what your your background in basketball really was as a player before we got into the coaching thing. Yeah, um, well, for me, if anyone, any listeners don't know what I look like, I'm 6'2", 250 pounds. If you saw me walking down the street, you'd think I was a football player, not a basketball player. And I was a little bit lighter back in our day when we played. But, um, you know, I just wasn't built to be a basketball player physically. You know, I couldn't really jump. I wasn't that quick. Um, You know, I lived my life, you know, on the court, uh, being able to get shots off and and make jumpers and three-pointers and stuff like that. So, you know, for me, I wasn't naturally gifted. I had to work on it a lot, which I think is something that's helped me as a coach because I had to take that extra step of preparing myself, watching film, and kind of figuring out, you know, knowing my limitations, what I can, what I can't do, and try to manage that as best I can and have as much success as possible. So for me, you know, I was really a shooter, which, you know, in the system that I was, you know, taught, um, you know, right after you and your your group graduated going to state, you know, it was a lot of that. So it benefited me a lot in that case, but really for me, it was just, I lived my life, you know, from 19, 20 feet, and, uh, you know, I I did that pretty well for a while, so that's kind of where me as a player, what I was, and I knew, you know, I had some small, you know, smaller offers, some NAIA, some JUCOs, and stuff like that, giving me looks, but I knew about my junior year, you know, playing was going to come to an end pretty soon. I might get a couple years of basketball in college, but I wasn't going to the NBA, so, I figured I'd jump right into the coaching profession uh, as soon as possible. Man, that's that's actually kind of interesting that you said that. Like, you kind of started seeing, you know, the future kind of hit you a little bit. Like, okay, well, I'm I'm doing well here, but like realistically, how long do I have left? You kind of started doing a, an analysis of of where you're going to go in the basketball world. And let me let me stop there real quick for a second before we move forward. Your game map was very similar to mine. Um, that's why I always kind of like had like this connection with you that you didn't even realize like your game was very similar to mine um I always shot from the three-point line my senior year in high school right like although our team was we were pretty good we were hit or miss depending on the on the day but like I literally shot four shots inside the three-point line the entire season um three of them were in a district tournament so one of them was actually during the regular season so like I I shot the three ball that's all I did is I, I let it rain like I didn't have the fastest, you know, I didn't have the maddest handles. I didn't have the, the best first step or anything like that. So I didn't really start gaining that until a couple years later, actually. But that was, you know, past my time. So I just always thought it was interesting that you and I had a similar style of play. Like you shot the ball and you shot it well. I'm, I have a huge respect for shooters. I just have to like say that people who can shoot the ball, like this is what I'm going to say. If you can get the ball off, I don't care how good your defense is. If you can get the ball off and you can score, then that's that's the most important point because, uh, put up more points than the other team are going to win the game. So anyways, just had to throw that out there. But yeah, Matt, you kind of go, you go into the coaching realm. How soon after you graduated high school, did you actually, you know, start coaching and, and at what level? Um, I, right away, actually. So when I made the decision to not play uh, college basketball and, and stay home, and uh, I, I actually hit up uh, our, my former coach and your former coach, uh, Jeff Hosley for a job opportunity helping coach. I, I, I still had the bug and I, I wanted to be there. I didn't want to take time off. I, I knew I wanted to dive right in. And, you know, I reached out to him and he actually turned me down uh, right away. He said, no, you, you know, you're only, you're 18 years old. You need some time still, you know, you're too close in age. 
which, you know, in hindsight now, I look at and say, you're probably right. And uh, so he turned me down, well, which was pretty disappointing for me because I knew this is what I wanted to do. And so um, I started going to, to games after the season started. Uh, and this was November of 2008. So I was, I was 18 years old still. I hadn't even turned 19. And uh, I was going to games around the valley of teams that I knew Meridian was going to play. And I started scouting and, and putting reports together. And I'd shoot uh, – um, my coach, uh, text messages and emails, letting him know what I saw. And he finally hit me up after the third or fourth time I did that and said, come see me. And uh, went and talked to him. And uh, luckily for me, he, he saw that I had the passion and that, you know, this is something I was serious about, which I think is probably what he doubted originally. And he gave me an opportunity. And I was the freshman assistant coach that year. Um, Jeremy Scheffel was the freshman coach, and he was awesome. Um, he really let me kind of uh, – take over in moments and really let me kind of see what I was, you know, if this was something I really want to do. So credit to both of those guys for giving me the chance. But yeah, I was 18 years old coaching 14 year olds. So it was a, yeah, it was pretty interesting, you know, and initially I think everyone was a little concerned, you know, with my age. I remember specifically we had a away game at Mountain Home uh, that we traveled to. And when we pulled up into the gym, the guys get on, they get changed and I'm dressed, you know, I got a, I got a dress shirt and a, and a tie on. And all the play, all our freshman boys on our team go out there and start getting shots up. And so I go out there and I'm rebounding. And I even took a couple shots here and there, whatnot. And a couple of Mountain Home parents went up to our head coach and our administrator who came with us. And was like, who's that kid? He's not. He, there's no way he's 14. And uh, they thought I was. A, they thought I was a player at first. So like he's got to be on the varsity team. Why is he with us? Why is he with the freshmen? And I had to explain to them that I'm actually not a player. I'm a coach. Um, so that was, uh, that was my first introduction that my first year with a coach and I was, you know, I was a young guy and I got mixed in a lot. I got to sit on the bench a couple of times with the JV and varsity and, you know, luckily some people still knew me from my playing days, but I got mixed up as thinking I was a player quite often. I, I got asked numerous times, Oh, well, what are you injured with? Why aren't you suiting up? I'm like, well, cause I lost all my eligibility. That's why. <laughs> that's actually rad though. So, so you, <laughs> That's I did not know that, so that's really funny actually. Um, so you're you're coaching um, at the at the freshman level as an assistant when you're 18. So you jump into it pretty quick. You showed the 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 grit and determination. That's what kind of caught the eye of your former coach. Got in there. Now tell me about your first season as a coach outside of like the the fun stuff like right there where you're you're getting kind of you know you're getting identified as a player. People don't know. They're getting confused. But the actual coaching aspect and what you learned during that time when you were so young, like, was it hard? Like, a lot of people will talk about when they first start coaching, especially at the high school level and at the lower levels at the high school level, the younger ages, it's hard because, like, you're not getting paid a ton. You have to work a full-time job. Some people are still in school. It just depends. They have their real lives. Tell me what you learned through that experience your uh, first year coaching. Yeah, it was a uh, it was eye-opening, really, um, because, you know, as a player, you're you get so used to, you know, the, the routine of, you know, going to practice, going to open gyms, getting, getting weight working, whatever, in the weight room. But as a coach, you know, it doesn't end as soon as practice is finished like it does for players. And you're, you're going to practice 30, 45 an hour, you know, minutes in, uh, before you're making sure your practice plan's right. And then you're staying after to make sure you plan for the next day and if you need to make adjustments. And, oh, excuse me. Uh, I realized real quick, even at the freshman level, um, how much time a coach puts in, you know, you know, you watch a game or you coach a game, you come home, you watch film, prepare. And 
it's not just, you know, the fun stuff of practice games, practice games. There's so much more to it than that. And trying to, you know, manage 10 to 15 different personalities. Some, you know, want to be yelled at. Some can't handle that at all. Some need you, you know, to give them some love and attention. Some don't want it. And so it's just managing all that. There's just so much more to it than I initially thought when I first got into it. And for me, I knew I wanted to coach, but I really wanted to coach because I love basketball. And it quickly, um, for me at least, all the side stuff I, I learned in that first year of all the all the work it takes and the commitment every coach puts in um, was a challenge. And, uh, you know, it's just a challenge I really enjoyed, and I wanted to try to figure out how I could be better at it. So for me, it was really eye-opening, and I didn't know with, you know, my – you know, with working and going to school, if uh, coaching was going to be able to fit in my schedule because it was a lot and, you know, I don't teach, um, that I was even going to be able to continue it. And uh, luckily for me, the the job I had at the time, which I ended up staying at for almost a decade, that worked around that schedule and let me do it. But that first year was tough because there was so much more commitment and attention to detail that I needed to have that I, I didn't really understand or know when I first got into it. And it's crazy. And I don't think a lot of us, uh, either athletes or former athletes really have a, a full understanding unless you're part of that, like, unless you're part of that, like in it truly. Um, and, and you're actually in the middle and the depth of things, you don't really understand what the coaches truly go through. And this goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier, like the best players don't always make the best coaches. Same thing as like an employee. You might be the best employee. doesn't mean you're going to make the best manager because there are so many different things that go into the coaching side of things or the management side of things um, that you have to learn. And it's, it's good that you got to see that early on. You got to learn the things and you still kept that, that grit and the determination and the passion behind it. You didn't lose it. We've seen a lot of people try to go that route where they get into coaching and they're like, you know, this is fun, but it's just not worth what I, I'm not, willing to go forward with it it obviously has paid off for you but we kind of want to talk a little bit more about your journey so what was the route you went um as far as continuing on with your your profession um we're going to get to where you're at right now but you know what was the next steps you took in your coaching career well uh i'll tell you the first couple years was um a little, a little frustrating a little bit of a whirlwind just because so you know, my the coach I had in high school, like I mentioned, you know, he, he gave me my first opportunity. But after that first year, he, he wasn't uh, brought back as a coach, so a new a new uh, individual came in and coached. And so then it was learning a whole new system, uh, new, you know, personality, new way to do things. Um, and he was there for two years, and then he left, and then another coach came in. Um, and then after that year was when I made the switch to coaching girls. And so in a four-year span, I had – or five years span I had four different coaches um so and it was it was tough because for me I was a freshman assistant I did that for a couple of years and I volunteered I, I didn't get paid a dollar the first four years I coached I was 23 years old the first time I got paid to coach and I was five years in because every year I was oh well you, you got to prove yourself which I you know I understood my first year and then a new coach came in and he wanted me to prove myself because you know I'm still 19 20 years old and it's hard to really know if like someone at that age is really committed to what it takes um and so yeah my first four years i went to a couple of different coaches three of them uh and then you know like i said four and five years and uh i didn't earn a dollar which obviously none of us coach for money but it's hard when you're a college student you could use every dollar you can get but um it was a, a little bit of a, a journey a little uh, stressful and frustrating at times just because every time you felt like uh, i was getting into it and you know it would change and you have to feel like you're starting over from scratch so uh 
it was like I mentioned, it was it was tough, but it, it helped me a lot as a coach. Now I look back at it and I'm kind of thankful it went that way because I learned a lot of you know what to do, what not to do, and it's kind of helped mold me into the coach that I am now. Um, so yeah, those first uh, couple years were really it really solidified that this is something I want to do long term. Um, because with all the challenges and different things that, you know, I went through, um, I still wanted to do it and I still had the love and the burning passion for it. So I knew I was in the right place and I was doing the right thing. Man, that's actually crazy. I I had no idea how many people, like how many coaches you were coaching under so quickly. Like just to put this into perspective for anyone who's listening to this right now is like, that's the same concept for a player. Like I used to make this argument for Alex Smith. He was the former quarterback for the, for the 49ers. He was drafted by the 49ers. He was there and everybody was like, well, Alex Smith never really hit his peak. And that's why the Niners had to let him go. Like there was this whole thing after Kaepernick came in. Anyways, what people didn't realize, like, and I always argued this for him. I'm not even a Niners fan. I actually hate them, but Smith had, I believe, eight offensive coordinators in nine years or seven and eight years. It was it was almost one per season. And what people don't realize is you have to learn a completely new system. And so I was like, that's extremely difficult because there's a learning curve to all this stuff. You're coming in with a brand new offense. You're coming in with new signals, new play calls, new verbiage, this and that. That's the same concept of, of you, you know, early in your coaching career, you know, having a new coach come in with a new system and, and just a new way to run the program. And that's tough. And so it's crazy that you like – this is why it shows how passionate you are, Matt, because a lot of people would not have stuck with that. It's a, it's really difficult, especially not getting paid. And I mean, like you said, not everybody, you know, we're, you, you coach because you love the game, you coach because of, you know, because it's your passion, but you do want to get paid. I mean, that's the, the end goal for that. Um, we're all human. So it's awesome to hear. And it's actually really motivating to hear that you stuck with it. Now you said you, you coached four or five seasons and then went to transition into the girls basketball realm. Now I want to talk about this for a second, because I remember when I would talk to you, I'd see you here and there. I'd go, go over to the, to the, get some new shoes and whatnot. And I'd see you there because you worked at the Nike store for a while. And every time I'd see you every once in a while, I'd ask you how you were doing. And I remember when you had made the transition over to women's basketball. And I wanted to ask like, the changes, like what was the transition over to girls basketball like compared to, to, to men's because of the, you know, it's a different game in a sense. There's a little bit different strategy. I kind of want you to break that down for us. Yeah. You know, there's a basketball's basketball. There's a million ways to skin a cat. You know, you, it's, it, it's all the same. You're, you're, you know, you're teaching pick and rolls you're teaching, you know, your man principles, zone principles, whatever, but the way you go about it is different. And, um, my first year coaching girls was, uh, it was eye opening. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, It's probably my biggest year of growth as a coach because, you know, when you coach boys, you get a little bit spoiled as a coach because we inherently watch sports from a young age. So, I mean, you you and I first met, you know, I think that's something we had a passion about um, because you had Bear Kobe's, and I was a big Kobe fan. We talked about Kobe (laughs) fine all the time, and that was just a conversation. We talked about NBA, college, this and that, whatever. And that just doesn't happen as much with girls, so – just the overall knowledge of the game and not even just knowledge of X's and O's, but just the history, just the references. I remember I tell the story all the time to people when they ask me um, the, the differences. And the, the, I remember my first game coaching. I remember so clearly coaching girls. I was the JV head girls coach at Meridian. And I remember we were playing at CUNA high school. The first game ever. I was, I was just nervous as can be. But I remember I, I put on my whiteboard, you know, my, our starting lineup, our game plan offensively, defensively things, you know, we wanted to make sure we executed and all this stuff. And I remember I always put a quote on my board that I 
that I feel as you know relevant to us for that game or that week. And I remember I put up a, a quote from Larry Bird that I thought just fit perfectly. It was, you know, first game of the year, first game you know uh, for me with this group. It was a great quote. I can't remember exactly what the quote was, but it was Larry Burden. I, I say my spiel, I talk, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm motivated and I'm ready to go. And Okay, any questions? And I had four girls raise their hand. And all of them had the same question. Was, Who's Larry Bird? And that's when I, you know, I kind of, <laughs> my jaw dropped and I kind of slapped my, you know, side of my head like, you're kidding, right? Larry Bird, Larry Legend, you know, and they're just looking at me, deer in the headlights, I had no idea. Um, and that was my introduction to girls basketball. And, you know, I would say the biggest, it helped me as a coach because I realized some of the things I've been spoiled with as a boys coach was some of the verbiage. Um, it just wasn't as well known by the girls. Some of them knew it, you know, a, a lot of that stuff, but some of them didn't. And it's not their fault. They just, you know, they don't watch sports religiously like a lot of guys do. And so I had to really figure out ways to communicate to my girls the same stuff for them to understand, whereas with boys, you can just, you know, you can rattle off different things, and they just know it because they've been around it for so long. And um, The game's changed, though, the last few years with girls, with, with club sports and girls playing year-round. It's it's not as big a deal as it was seven years ago when I first started coaching girls, but that was my first introduction. That's when I'm like, okay, it's got to it's, it's be a little bit different. And uh, that first year, that team, you know, great girls, you know, worked hard, not – not really the most talented group, but uh, we struggled a little bit. And honestly, probably a lot, a little bit of that was because of me, because I was trying to work through some of those changes of how to communicate properly for them to understand and, and be able to execute at a, at a high level. And uh, that was, uh, that really helped me a lot. Uh, Cause I, you know, for me, I was, you know, a, a junkie with the X's and O's. So I'd spew off things about what's in this and, you know, backside, weak side, you know, screens, you're talking about the flex offense and, you know, None of them knew what that was, um, and so I really had to kind of put, pump the brakes, slow it down, and, and kind of go step by step. And once I learned how to do that efficiently, it's definitely helped um, to my my teams perform better and, and me perform better as a coach. So that was my first introduction to girls basketball. That is so funny to me. That's insane. Like, And it's cool because – it's not necessarily. It's not to make fun of anything. It's just that's the that's just kind of the nature. And I love how you broke that down. You're not saying it in a disrespectful way. It's just a different culture in a sense. The way that you know we as guys are brought up, kind of that's just our in our culture in our DNA almost. And, and typically, you don't find that as as you know as often uh, with with the females. But um, you know, as you're talking and I'm learning this story with you, um, I guess it's just. It's fitting for your whole journey through the coaching world, though, transitioning from different schemes, different coaches, this, this, this. Then you go into a, you know, coaching girls ball and you have to kind of transition into a, you know, and how you can communicate with them properly to be effective as a coach and as a team. So it's kind of fitting throughout your whole career. Now, this is where I want to get into. It's where you're at now. Now, for anybody listening Matt and I have, have referenced this a couple times. We, we, we both went to Meridian High School. Um, we were just a few years apart. We went to Meridian High School. But historically, when I was going through school, and even for just a few years later, the girls' basketball program at Meridian 
struggled immensely um, just to, you know, the, the coaching we had good coaches, but it just seemed like, you know, a lot of the girls just, we didn't have the talent pool that a lot of the other schools had. And I think we struggled with that. And I remember, honestly, this is a story, Matt, maybe you remember this because it was my senior year. Um, and I'm not trying to make fun of the girls program, but I do remember them playing a very good Boise high school team and they lost by 70 points. Um, and our coach actually called us in that day. Cause it was when the seasons were kind of crossing over each other at the beginning of our season and whatnot. And, um, he told us not to say anything because there wasn't it wasn't a typo in the newspaper. He's like, there that's not a typo. The score for the game is not a typo. That's what the score was. Do not say anything and be respectful to the girls' team and show support for them. And that's how bad it was. Like as far as like the it was just hard. The girls' programs just struggled immensely through you know a good five or six year span. But now looking at where it's at. It's insane, and you have a large part to do with that. So I want to talk about that when you got to the varsity ranks and and how you, you know, basically took over. I remember when you got the call and, and you were excited about it and you announced it and you started telling people publicly like what your goals were. And I want I want you to talk about your varsity experience when you took over and what your expectations were, and then how you've been able to implement those those strategies. Yeah, well, uh, you're not wrong. Uh, Meridian is, you know, there's certain schools around the valley. When you think of those schools, you think of, you know, consistent excellence. You know, you think for a boys basketball, you know, you don't even know who's – you can not know who's on the roster. You know they're going to be tough. You know, you think capital football, you know, um, Eagle softball. These are, these are programs you just kind of always hear about that are, you know, have sustained success. And unfortunately, Meridian Girls basketball doesn't – didn't have that culture. I mean, I think you're, you're not wrong, and I do remember that uh, – very well um that situation they got blown out and uh unfortunately that happened pretty frequently and i remember we had you know it's friends with a lot of the girls on that team when i was in high school and there's some good athletes and some who went and played college you know sports and maybe not basketball but other things and i think they won one game in two years in my junior and senior year they went like one in 44 and then that unfortunately kind of ran off for a number of years we had some good coaches rich jordan who's now a skyview vp he he coached. He won a couple of state championships uh, coaching in Montana, um, and then you know, uh, the next couple coaches he did some good things. Just the hard part was with where Meridian was. Mountain View opened, and that kind of took some of the talent pool away. And then Rocky opened, and that the same thing kind of happened. And so every time any kind of uh, momentum was gathering, um, unfortunately, that would change with you know new schools opening and, and uh, the boundaries changing. Um, but for us, yeah, we've you know I think Meridian's had four. Five, four or five winning seasons in the last 15, 20 years uh, because of that. Uh, when I took over, uh, they'd won nine games the previous three years. Um, it was a little bit dysfunctional with kids, whether they were playing, whether they weren't. We had some kids who should have been playing basketball that, that hadn't in the past. And, you know, for me, it was just trying to change that culture. You know, I'd been at Meridian High School as, as obviously a, a student and as a player. I mean, I'd been coaching there for a long time, and I really just wanted kids to buy in to, you know, what Meridian was about and, and bleeding that blue and gold. And, you know, for, I always tell my girls, you know, we're here to have fun. And that's really bottom line and to learn stuff. It's, we don't really focus, obviously we want to win and we talk about, you know, winning and being successful. But the biggest thing for us to be successful is to get better every single day. It does not matter, you know, how you perform in November, it's how you perform in January. And the only way you perform well in January is by putting all the time and the effort in, um, you know, over the course of those two, three months of the season. And we want to have fun, and it's hard to have fun when you lose. So we were focused on having fun and getting better, and we we let the results of uh, that process take over. And 
Um, it's taken a little bit of time. You know, this is my third year. Um, we, we qualified for the state tournament, and we had some success. My girls were awesome. Uh, but it took some time. I had, you know, I had all five starters back from the previous year, this year, and, you know, they had learned our system and bought into the system. And, you know, they put in the time and the effort and the work in the off season and during the season to put themselves in the position to play at the, the highest level and play in the Idaho Center. And so it was great to see that transition. And, you know, I know a lot of people are giving me credit. And, you know, I was, I was very blessed and fortunate to win that Coach of the Year trophy um, award and be voted by my peers, but really it came down to the girls just buying into, you know, what we were trying to tell them, which it's not really a secret. You know, you work hard, good things happen. And so for us, it's just working hard and being consistent. If you can work hard and be consistent, you're going to have some good things happen to you. You might not, you know, be the best team. You might not want to state championship, but you're going to give yourself a chance. And that's what we've been about. That's what we've been trying to do over the last couple of years. And luckily we've had some success with it. That's so awesome, man. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, it may have been just last season. I remember you were at the state tournament taking, you took a picture of the, uh, you were watching the girls tournament and, and you said something like, um, I'm going to be taking my girls to the state tournament. Like that was your goal. And I remember following you guys this year. I, I followed kind of like your, your season. I just like to watch from afar and see how things are going. And it was really cool. Cause you, during the summer of this last year, you could tell you guys were putting in work because you guys were crushing the summer tournaments. You went to like U of U or something. You went down to Utah, you went to a couple different tournaments. And I remember you guys posting about like the success you were having. I'm like, dang, like Matt's got these guys or these girls, sorry, he's got these girls going to work and they are doing some some good things. Like, that's crazy. And then kind of watching the season, um, getting updates from you. And I, I just remember when you posted about qualifying for state and it, it reminded me of back when I was in high school and just, you know, going the route of going through districts and, you know, sometimes you're fortunate to get a couple extra games in there if, you know, and, and it's just kind of an interesting story because you guys made it. And it was like a cool, it was a cool story to hear that you made it because you had just stated that that was like your goal not too long before that. And you got to go to the Idaho center. I just want to know, like, when you were with us when in, when I was a senior, you got called up, if I'm not mistaken. You were with us when we went to the Idaho Center, right, when we got to play? Yes, it was. I, I remember that. Uh, I referenced that team quite often in, uh, with my teams that I coach now, actually. Um, it's, it's Playing with your group, uh, your senior year and my sophomore year, um, definitely molded me as a player a little bit, and it's something I've used as a uh, motivational tool um, to my girls because – I had a lot of individual success, you know, as a player in my junior and, and especially my senior year. Um, but nothing really compared to being on a team that really bought into each other and, and competed and, and, you know, fought for one another uh, like your group did with, you know, with Kilgore and with Logan and, you know, with uh, with Van Beek and, and, and Weeding and so many, so many of those guys. Um, yeah, I played 43 seconds on the, in the state tournament um, with that team and it was the best 43 seconds I ever played. Uh, just because I got to play in the Idaho Center, I got to be in that in that moment in in that situation, and it's uh it's motivated me as a coach because I wanted to get back there and I wanted the teams that I coached to experience that. Um, I, when I took over, I had a I had a girl. She was a freshman. She's gonna be a sophomore my first year, and I sat her down. I had meetings with players when I first took over, and you know we had they, she had come off a, a really rough freshman year with you know drama, and then you know they didn't win a lot, and uh, I told her I promised her that if, if you help me get these girls on on the same page, I promise you we'll get to the state tournament. You'll get to play in the Idaho Center. And, you know, I might have been talking out my butt a little bit when I when I made that promise to her, but luckily it worked out. And, you know, I've had conversations 
with that player about it, and, and it's a moment that she'll never forget. She's going to run cross-country track at Gonzaga. She's a, she's a hell of a runner. And uh, at the moment, she's referenced multiple times about something special. So, you know, being on your group and playing in the state tournament was something that I'll never forget. It's uh, something that motivates me as a coach to give my girls an opportunity to play at that level and, 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 that, and that, you know, have that opportunity. So. Dude, it's so rad to hear that you actually like got like that's that gives me chills, man. Because that's that shows that you have the passion and the determination. I mean, you got to feel what it was like as a player. You wanted your players to feel that, and they did. Like you got them there. So now you've accomplished that goal, Matt. You you got them to the state tournament. I want to know for real though. Now, like you're still young, man. Like is in the you got to start young. So like you're still young. You got a lot of years ahead of you. What's your goal? Where are we going to see Matt Creech in the next five years coaching? Do you have a plan? Do you want to stay at Meridian? Do you want to still coach girls basketball? Or are you just kind of taking it year by year? You know, I, I try to give myself goals. You know, I, I told myself when I got into coaching, I wanted to I wanted to be a varsity coach by 30, um, which I, at the time I thought was probably, you know, pushing it because there was kind of this unwritten rule of you had to be a teacher you had to you'd be a varsity coach this and that i wanted to coach at meridian you know that was home to me and i want to do it by 30 i want to get started luckily you know i I beat that by a few years i got hired at i think 25 or 26 to be the head coach um just finished my third year i I, and you know my biggest goal is getting the girls to state tournament and having to experience that right now for me it's really my year thing you know um I want my every team I have to experience that uh, opportunity. I'd like to say in five years I have a state championship. Um, I'd love to have a, a banner hanging up in the gym at Murray High um, that represents what you know me and my coaches and my players have accomplished. Um, you know, selfishly I wouldn't mind. I've always kind of dreamed about having my name on one of those banners, like you know, so many of the other coaches before. Um, but really, it's just year by year. You know, I, I started a family. I got a little old daughter. Uh, my wife puts in a tremendous amount of work behind the scenes to allow me to do my coaching. And so it's just year by year. I, I love Meridian. I got, I got great support. Uh, my athletic director is somebody I actually worked under when he was the boys basketball coach and he's been awesome in supporting uh, me and, and our program. You know, um, there was a time where I thought maybe coaching at the next level, coaching some college. I got to know Scott Garson really well and some of his coaches over at C of I. Um, I thought maybe I was something, but, you know, now I'll probably stick at the high school range. So I really love uh, working with that that age group of kids. You know, who love basketball, love other things, and just trying to impact their lives in a positive way, um, utilizing basketball. So for me, it's year by year. You know, we'll see what opportunities present themselves. I, you know, I always thought I would coaching girls wasn't going to be long term. I always thought I'd jump back into the boys. Um, but I'm you know eight years in now, and I, I love it. The girls are awesome. You know, it's just. We'll see what happens if an opportunity presents itself. I know there's some openings right now that people are bugging me about um, trying to get me in there, but uh, I really enjoy where I'm at. I got a great group of kids coming back and some young ones, and I look forward to trying to build that up still. So for me, it's we'll take it year by year, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying where I'm at. I enjoy my, the kids that I, I deal with, and obviously I, I love Meridian. I've spent half my life there as a player and as a coach now, so. That's so crazy, dude. That's yeah. awesome, though, Matt. Yeah, when I uh, tell people eleven, uh, coaching 11 years, it looks at me funny because I'm only 29, but that's happens when you get into it as young as I did. So. That's so rad. I'm I'm rooting for you, man. And if, if you get a banner up there, um, I'm petitioning that your name definitely goes on there. So we're going to we're gonna make sure that happens. So keep working hard, Matt. I appreciate you joining us, and uh, we'll stay in touch. All right, man? 
I appreciate you having me. I love listening to uh, all your podcasts and, and the other people you have on. I, I'm definitely not as a as famous or as cool as some of the people you had on, but I appreciate you taking the time to let me talk about my girls and our program and what we're trying to do. So I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. You're, you're a stud and uh, we look forward to seeing where you go. Man. Appreciate it, Shane. Thanks, man. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.